You are listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at UVic. Welcome to Beyond the Jargon. I'm your host today, Liz MacArthur, and my guest is Bruno Jamie. He's doing an interdisciplinary PhD between the University of Victoria and the University of Sao Paulo in fine arts, education, and cultural geography. So are you coming from uh, the University of Sao Paulo? Is that where you did your undergrad or mm-hmm. master's? I did my undergrad in, um, in Brazil, yes. was not at the University of Sao Paulo. It was another university in my hometown. I was not born in Sao Paulo. I was not raised there. Um, but I did... Uh, uh, I, I, in my undergrad, I did four years of uh, uh, science. Oh yeah. I want to because when I was a kid, I want to be a scientist, and mm-hmm. I thought, um, and I still think that science is very cool, but it's very different from what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, uh, at the same time, I did uh, I studied education as well, and I finished. Uh, my undergrad program and quickly became a high school teacher in Brazil. Mm. I was working with, um, I, I was uh, teaching grade 7 and 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back then, um, I, was, I, I was always interested in arts as well. But um, I was not, yeah very interested in arts and I wanted, to, and science. So there are uh, so different, but at the same time, so so together, one uh, lives by the other. And I was uh, working with my, my students into something that we called scientific art or artistic science. It was a way to teach science through use of different artistic expressions. Hmm. Um, so that's where my, my the, the arts start came in and uh, and taking over and being blended and merged with with education in my life. So, but I was not uh, a teacher, a high school teacher for a very long time because quickly I got another position at college uh, back in my hometown in Brazil. Uh, so I was a, a college instructor and. Um, it's funny that one project leads, leads to another and everything happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I was not uh, a college instructor for a very long time because quickly I, I came to, to Victoria. One of my summer breaks there came. I was like, I need to learn English. Mm-hmm. I had no English uh, because I always I thought it was very cool <laughs> <laughs> to learn another language. And it was very necessary. Um, mm-hmm. In Brazil, most of the papers of the, the publications, the most uh, cutting-edge theories, especially in education, too, uh, was all in English. Mm-hmm. Not that we didn't have uh, strong work in, in Brazil. Yes, we do, and we, we did, and we should do. Uh, Paulo Freire and, and Brandão, they're all these huge thinkers, um, and they're all Brazilians. But there's other stuff, too. And I was just, you know, I just want to expl- experience something different and... Um, so you came learn, to Victoria. Learn, yeah, learn, learn English. So I came to Victoria to, for just six months. Um, and my, my, my goal is just uh, come here just six months and then go back to Brazil, go back to my, my old uh, life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was 
before I came, uh, there was a professor from the University of Vitoria that came to uh, my university in Brazil for a conference, and I met this professor there, and I told him, listen, I'm going next year I'm going to to Canada to to study English. That was like someone translating that for me. I hadn't couldn't talk to the guy at all. <laughs> so embarrassing. No, it was not embarrassing. It was just funny. So I told him that I was like, Well, I'm going to to Canada um next year to learn English, not quite sure the city yet. But I'm gonna be my plan is just to to maybe part-time English school, and then I will have uh, the other time of my day to do some volunteer work. And he, this professor, he was working with something that was really interesting to me. And I asked him if if I chose Victoria, if I could be volunteering in his research group. And he said yes. So I came uh, a year later and... It was so fun. I'm never going to forget the, t- the first day that I, when I just landed here. Mm-hmm. I remember it was, it was 13 of December, 4.30 in the afternoon. It was a cloudy, yucky day, just like today here. One of those great days in Victoria. And it was 4.30 in the afternoon, and I step out the plane, and I look around, and I felt so cold. So everything was so freezing, and I come from Brazil. It was like summer all year long. And when I step out of the plane, my first thought was, oh my God, I can't even get sick in this country because I don't know anyone. I can't even buy like a Tylenol. Do they have Tylenol? (laughs) It's ridiculous. I was so scared. I started my English school just part-time and working with this professor here at UVic in the afternoons. But then um, after a while, I maybe a month in the in the school i was like you know what it's the school it's fine i'm getting i'm making friends getting to know people but what i do here i can do outside on the streets in the world just like talk to people and read and 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 then i thought you know what what am i going to do i just and i was really enjoying working at, here at the university the research group was amazing the people everybody was so amazing so welcoming like you know what, I'm just gonna quit this school and I'm just gonna work full time with this in this research group and do as my best. Maybe they can open uh, windows for something else in the future. So I did. I I, I ditched my my English <laughs> school and I came and I stayed at university full time, pretty much. What were you guys researching in the research group? It was it was something. It was uh, um, it was in science education, mm-hmm. uh, different. We have different students from all over the world, very interdisciplinary and multicultural uh, groups. So there were people, there's this guy from Iran, he was working with uh, maritime education. Who knew there was such a thing? (laughs) 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 But there it is, I learned a lot. There's there's this, uh, some other guy from Philadelphia, he was studying agency in, uh, in high school settings there was another fellow from brazil he was a dentist and he was studying ethics in the education department i know who knew so we had different everything around education theory uh, and uh, so i started work with this professor and in this research group a month before my my visa expired i, I approached the department and i approached the the supervisor and i asked him i was like i told him like i really enjoy here and i really like 
I'm learning so quick and everybody's so welcome. I, I love the way the work that I do and I want to explore it further. Mm-hmm. More, I want to go, I'm going to be more than a research assistant. And I was thinking about applying for grad school if they, if, if he will be my supervisor, if I could um, come back one day and take on to a master's program or something and he quickly accepted Mm -hmm. so I went back to Brazil and I had to do all the paperwork translation of documents and TOEFL and study more English Mm -hmm. so uh, six months later I was back here and accepted in the in the master's program so that's how my 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 world in uh was transferred to yeah to UVic and I was and when I look back I was supposed to be here for just six months, and I've been here for 12 years. 12 years? 12 years. Whoa. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is a few years ago. I was like, wow, no, 12, 12 years. years. It's a, yes, I, I'm not. I, I'm old. Just <laughs> Botox. <my face. laughs> yeah, so I finished. So I work. Um, the masters took way longer than I expected mm. because it was not as easy as I thought. Mm. It was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard. Right. Um, especially doing research and writing a thesis in a language that was not mine. Yeah. And, and knowing that I, I, I had experience is uh, writing and speaking English for what a year so it was a struggle yeah. it was a struggle so then when I finished so it, I took a little bit more than three years oh gosh Be- I think that's because of that I was learning and I I, I, I don't regret and I take I think that was very very necessary like whatever mm-hmm. time is nothing and then I just finished my master's, and uh, one of the professors in the department, she sent me a, an email and said, Bruno, I th- take a look on this attachment, I think, has your name on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then I opened, it was a job posting. So th- to work as a project manager in, uh, at UVic mm-hmm. in the geog- cultural geography department. And the job post was quite funny. They were looking for someone who had uh, a background in environmental education, who had finished or was finishing, about to finish at least a master's in the area of environmental studies and or education or environmental education. I was like, well, I interdisciplinary studies, I'm combining education and and environmental studies. I was like, well, that's I kind of kind of fit there. And then someone who was fluent in both English and Portuguese I was like, what? <laughs> and someone who had uh, an understanding and, and some experience with Brazilian culture, because was working as project manager this partnership between uh, Canada and Brazil. I was like, yes, I think there's my name on it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the requirements, so I applied for the job and uh, I, I start working in the cultural geography looking into the recycling cooperatives in Brazil, which is quite quite different from, from the Canadian reality. Hmm. And in Brazil, for example, the, the recyclers, and by recyclers, I mean, I mean those, those, you probably see them already, all over the world, like people, uh, different ages, men, women, young, old, they walk on the streets with their uh, shopping carts, collecting recycled materials, and then they sell to 
to the to the bottle depot. Here in Canada, they work individually. You probably see them on the streets. But in Brazil, they do work individually. Uh, they work alone. They are called informal recyclers. However, they a big number of them, they're organizing themselves into recycling cooperatives mm. where they collectively uh, collect the, the, the recycled materials on the streets and they collectively separate the materials and they sell. So in the, all the money that uh, it's made is, is equally shared amongst them. Mm-hmm. So they make more money. Because the the number is so big, uh, and there are so many different recycling co-ops, they're a very very strong group, and they have I- initiated uh, in Brazil, t- uh, in Latin America in general, the the recycling social movement. So this project that I was working here in uh, um, at UVic was a partnership between University of São Paulo and University of Victoria to look into all the social dynamics that goes on within the recycling co-ops in in, uh, in Brazil mm-hmm. and why it works so well down there uh, and also to strengthen and to empower the recyclers themselves. So I worked for two, maybe three years as a project manager uh, of this project and I remember when I finished my master, I was so tired of the academia. I was like, I'm never going to do academia again. I just hate this. It's <laughs> monster. <laughs> but time goes by and, uh, and talking to, to, we have lots of uh, uh, research meetings and uh, looking to what was going on in Sao Paulo and how can we translate all the learning and the politics that was happening in Sao Paulo. How can it translate to Victoria and maybe... Uh, make things uh, better here as well. And I start seeing things that maybe because my my heart's background, I don't know, I start seeing things, some gaps that could be filled with um, different things. And my supervisor that I was working with back then, she was like, why don't you think of uh, ways to fill up those gaps? Maybe you can write something on some more academic, like a PhD. I was like, no! Oh, no, no, I can't do this ever again. But the funny thing is, one of the trips that I, I did to Brazil to visit the recycling co-ops, uh, I saw there a bunch of um, art supplies, leftover leftover paint, old paint brushes that was just sitting there. And then I asked the people from the recycling co-ops, and I said, what is this? Well, like, what do you do with this? And they said, well, there's nothing we can do because we cannot recycle the paint. We cannot do anything with these paintbrushes. We cannot recycle them. We cannot sell them because they're so old. And I was like, oh. And I came back to Canada with that in mind. Like, how can we use those art supply things that's all there sitting on the corner there. How can we use that? How can we, we bring that bring them back to life? And I can have that in mind for a few months and uh, and uh, and I thinking of my, my what my my supervisor says, she said like you should consider uh, uh, a PhD and I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe let's let's see if I can come up with something. Mm-hmm. So that's when uh, uh we wrote a shirt proposal to use those materials mm-hmm. and to make some art with the recyclers in Brazil. So uh, 
We w when we wrote the shirk uh, or, or the, the the funding for for the project, we're interested in in reusing those bringing those those materials back to life and maybe create something beautiful. My idea was how can we incorporate recycled materials into uh, into art and make something really beautiful and really expensive mm -hmm. um, that if it's hanging on a wall in an art gallery. You would walk in and point your finger to it like, and says, I want to hang that on my wall. Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning, I was very scared because I was afraid that's going to look like grade five artwork, which there's there's nothing wrong with grade five uh, artwork. Mm -hmm. There's space for everything. But I was interested in, in, in bringing uh, those materials into mainstream. So we developed five, five, six different uh, art techniques for to incorporate those materials, and doing some research on on, on local local artists here in Victoria and what they do and how they 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 use mixed media, and uh, so I developed these techniques that for someone who never never worked with art before, mm -hmm. never hold a paintbrush before, could. Uh, produce really 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 cool artworks and it did work i was yeah. so <laughs> surprised I, wow it did work we are making art we are using all this this material so i was uh, for the last two years i was living in sao paulo working with members of the recycling co-ops mm. using all those materials all those leftover paintings so one of the so one of the workshops was around um Creativity in general, just to get people thinking creatively. Not that they don't, but they don't know that they do. We right. don't know that we do. So it's just like, yes, we are. We are not. Uh, we are not born artists. People say everybody's born artists. No, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. However, because in the same way that we're not born teachers, we're not born lawyers. Mm -hmm. It's a set of skills that we learn, just like lawyers. Uh, but I do believe that we all have our, in us artistic, uh, we can express ourselves in artistic way, in mm -hmm. any form. And it's, it's, it's embodied in human nature. The cool thing is, yes, having those beautiful art final products, it's, it's amazing, it's very empowering. But uh, as research purposes, I was more interested in, in the process Mm -hmm. of making art and what what kind of knowledge is co-created uh, in the process of making art what people talk about when they're people they're not never done art before mm -hmm. what do they talk about when they get together they have pretty much almost the same background they work together but what do they talk about when they get together to make art what kind of discourse that they engage mm -hmm. and believe it or not they're not really talking about art. They're talking about politics. They're talking about uh, women power. Most of the people that I that came to the workshop, they were community leaders, and surprisingly, they were using the the, the space, um, the studio time. Yes, they were talking about art, and they were having fun. But they're talking about politics as well. They were using the time to to discuss which candidate they would hmm. they would support in the next elections, um, 
who's going to organize the bus to go to the recycling social movement in, in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, or what they're going to talk about in, in the next conferences and so forth. Meanwhile, having fun with, with all the paintbrushes and the paint, because no matter how old you are, if you give, if you if you get like a paintbrush and and a bucket of red paint, you become five years old again, <laughs> and you just have so much fun. Mm-hmm. So it was it was super fun, mm. super fun, and I think fun it is a, a very important factor in in, in learning as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you finished all of the research phase yeah. of your PhD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I have finished. I've done all the coursework, uh, Ken's exams field work I am now writing dissertation mm-hmm. I'm probably I want to be optimistic maybe 60% written wow yeah okay. I'm supposed to be supposed to be done a little while ago but <laughs> teaching uh, gets in the way not in a bad way but it takes uh, uh, time uh, to teach hmm. uh, and uh, I'm planning to 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 finish by spring, yeah. Yeah. Um, the stuff that you learned, so you're teaching now, and the stuff that you learned through your PhD, um, sort of what people are talking about when they come together over this art, is that something you're applying now? To yeah, most definitely, mm-hmm. most definitely. It's funny, though, that my I've been a teacher uh, since 1999, I know, I know, I'm old. Oh gosh, I'm wise. No. And I've been a teacher, a teacher since then. But my classrooms totally changed after my 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 PhD because mm-hmm. throughout the the it was sort of the, the the field work in the studios in Brazil that I learned how to embrace chaos. Mm-hmm. I understand. I was able to understand that. Um, Learning happened in in when people um, talk to each other when uh, when they look in someone's eyes and they get to know because one of the things that I noticed when I when I first uh, started teaching here in in Canada, which is quite different from the way that it happens in Brazil. Here you have those huge lecture halls with a hundred students, mm-hmm. and you you're there for four months, and when you're done, you don't even know the name of the person sit, that's sitting beside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is very, very problematic. And one of the things that I, that I, uh, that I talk to my uh, students in the teaching program is, yes, well, oh, yeah, we do this activity that I, I ask them to, to write a paragraph of the best teacher that they ever had. And I do that every every time that I teach. And um, this 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 year, I had thirty five students, and and I asked the same thing. So they went home and they thought about their favorite teachers since from kindergarten to today. No one picked me. <laughs> no one picked me. No, I'm joking. So they they come back. So the next the next section session, we I asked them to. To talk about their favorite teacher and why was a favorite teacher, for example, this this year, from thirty five students, one student said my favorite teacher was Mister So and So, 
Dr. So-and-so here at UVic because he taught me contemporary art, concepts of contemporary art in a way that I understood. Uh, and that was very helpful for, helpful for me when I was looking for a job in whatever. All the other students, their, their response was pretty much the same. My favorite teacher was Mrs. So-and-so because she listened to me. It was Mr. So-and-so because he looked into my eyes when we were talking, even though I was in grade five. He stopped and listened to what I have to say. It was Mrs. So-and-so because she hugged me when I was crying. So teaching, it's not about content delivery, not at all. Not at all. It's about understanding your students. It's understanding where they're coming from. It's about listening more than telling. Uh, I say that a good teacher, he or she is a good storyteller. But most important, he or she is a good story listener. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you can learn um, about your students. And so answer your question, all this thinking came from my time in Brazil when I was listening to those stories. Mm-hmm. And and was so, so cool to, even though it was chaotic, was loud, people being playing and throwing paint all over the places. Yes, a bunch of adults doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what it's for. And at the end, it was like, oh, yes, if I mix this color with this color, I'm going to have this color, and I can, I can do this. And, and at the end, at the art gallery, I, they would say, they would look back to their paintings like, wow, I didn't know that I could do that. Yeah. Huh. I did not know that I could do that. So the final product was very, very important, so much so that I had one of the students uh, that he could not finish the the workshops so he he never finished his paintings but he came to the to the one of the art shows at the Sao Paulo City Hall and Sao Paulo City Hall is very very fancy place and uh, there are a lot of politicians and people that was working with uh, environmental uh, politics in Brazil there are big people there and we had our first art show during one of the gala evenings at the Sao Paulo City Hall. Beautiful hall, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and everybody was so excited to see their paintings hanging there. And they were there, and people would come, and TV was there, and radio was mm-hmm. there interviewing them. And they were all so excited. They were like, oh, yeah, I did not know that I could do that. I feel so empowered. I can do anything now. Whatever I put my mind to, it, I can do it. And there was this man who he he never finished his painting. And I look at him. He was just standing there in the middle of the hall, surrounded by people. And he was crying. And I came to him. I was like, why are you crying? And then he was like, I wish my paintings were here. I wish my artwork was here. But it's not. Mm-hmm. So I feel sad. I was like, no, you don't need to feel sad. Uh, you're part of this whole process. It's the process. Think of the process, all the things that you went through and all the learning that you 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 happening to you and all the people that you connected and all the people that you got to know. That's very, very important too. So, yes, the, the, the final product, let's just illustrate how the, the final product is important too. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Yeah, it was very, very, very emotional. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's amazing that um, you're talking about an idea of using recite our our products that have sort of been cast aside, and then working with people that maybe haven't done a lot of art before, and then bringing up that level of emotion for people. That must have been really interesting to be a part of and seeing how powerful it was for people. You know, if you're not sure if you're you know, you're teaching people how to do art or letting people yeah. paint who haven't painted before. Was that unexpected for you? Or do you expect that kind of stuff to happen? I did expect mm -hmm. because before going to the field, we do a lot of uh, literature review mm -hmm. and see what have people have done before. And yes, it is expected. Um, however, I did not expect that level of, of, emotional uh, meetings with them and and something it can be problematic as well mm -hmm. uh, and I was very honest up front like this is not therapy I'm not art therapist mm -hmm. I don't I don't have the skills to deal with whatever you share it's up to you how much you want to share we well all i can uh can do is it's provide a safe safe place a safe circle to share stories but if you if you're going through some catholic how do you say catalysis yes some catharsis moment i don't have mm -hmm. the skills because i'm not a psychologist mm -hmm. to deal with it um so and and I explained, this is, I'm here to collect stories using art, to collect stories. So, um, and I think one of the things that I learned and one of the messages that people, that I could leave for, for people who's interested in, in, in arts-based research is uh, if you can just have different expertise with you as well if you're not an artist it doesn't mean that you don't need you you can't do art space research yes you can you can work with different artists invite into your project i would have someone some counselor or some someone from from that area uh to be in the circle with us mm -hmm. it was very challenging because i was alone in the field so i have i was the art teacher i was the researcher do, doing all the the uh getting people together and uh and as a researcher and i had and part of the being a researcher i have to be to control the camp because everything was uh audio recorded and video recorded mm -hmm. so in the studio i had people work in a circle I'd have uh, one camera and uh, two cameras each corner of the room and i also had a little audio recorder in my pocket the cameras i want to to capture all everything that was going on in the room how they inter how people interact and what they how they're saying and i i and, and the audio record in my pocket because i want to record my interaction with individual participants as well. So it was very, very interesting because I have very challenging because I have to look after all these things mm -hmm. and be awake all the time to to catch on what people are saying or or, or if they start talking about they they raise an issue and I have to be awake and and, and, and ask them to follow up in, in, in whatever they're saying. So it was very challenging. I wish I had 
people from more interdisciplinary uh, corpus of people working with me. So that's one of the, the my things that I suggest for people who's coming behind me. And if they can have that, it's mm-hmm. going to make your life so much easier. <laughs> exciting oh man uh we're over time so i have to end our interview here but i want to thank you so much for coming oh it's my pleasure thanks for listening to beyond the jargon if you want to listen again go to our website cfuv.uvic.ca and click on the listen tab